Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 65 of the Be Awesome podcast. 64 has not made it into audio. We've got some technical difficulties we're working through with my buddy Chris Ventresco from Starlight Photography, but be sure to watch it on YouTube if you can't wait. Uh, this is a really interesting podcast for me. Uh, we did two takes with Neil Levine from Meguiar's, one of the first Keeping It Local Be Awesome podcasts. And the guest today came up in conversation on the first take that didn't make, didn't make the cutting room floor, as they say. Uh, Kondrup Goldrup owns The Farmer's Daughter in downtown Northeastern, which is right behind me on uh, virtual snowy Christmas time lit up day. It is one of the most beautiful main streets you could ever ask for. And she has really been the spotlight and the starter of the main street uh, movement with her restaurant, the farmer's daughter. So Condra, welcome to the podcast. First and foremost. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be one of your selections for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, glad you could make the time, uh, for for yeah, I cleared my whole schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I really I and I I know how difficult that is in days like today that end in Y. So right, <laughs> I really appreciate you doing that. But so walk us back to the start. How did Farmer's Daughter start? Where did it get its name? Tell us a little bit about that the restaurant itself. Okay, great. Um, well, I am a farmer's daughter. It's true to its name. Um, so that question never gets old to me because a lot of people think it might just be just a name or marketing gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. My dad came, grew up in Northern Maine, was a kind of a family of potato farmers. Not much else going on up there except for potato farming. Um, and I was lucky enough to kind of grow up with really kind of eating the food um, that you grow. And that was really instilled at a very young age. Cooking with my grandmother um, and kind of just very naturally found myself in the restaurant world at, at a young very young age. First, first job as a dishwasher, kind of worked my way up. Um, my first restaurant gig was actually Sunday brunch. Uh, so I think I've always had this special place for a breakfast concept. And later years went to college for hospitality. I don't have any formal culinary experience, uh, mostly self-taught in terms of that. Um, but I just kind of always had this, this brunch concept near and dear to my heart. Um, so I found myself in Easton. My husband grew up here. So that's what brought me to this neck of the woods in Massachusetts and fell in love with our little main street downtown. Uh, at that time, there wasn't much going on. It was a little bit of a more tumbleweed kind of effect down main street. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was kind of this piece of real estate that had been a few different kind of breakfast concepts along the way uh, and just kind of fell in love with the building. And then we had kind of a, a little fairy tale kind of story, really. Um, you know, classic New England main street wanted to bring a little life back to it. Um, just about a year and a half, two years prior, Langwater Farm had kind of opened their doors down the street uh, and they had an organic farm concept and it just kind of spoke to me. And once I just kind of started the, the concept in my head and it really kind of took life. The building wasn't available. We tried for about seven years calling um, nonstop to my former landlord, Doug King. And finally one day the spot became open and he kept his promise. So um, he gave me first dibs on the building and we kind of went in and brought a little life back to it. It was a little scary when we first uh, opened the doors. I, I joke with a lot of people, kind of, I threw my shoes away the first time we walked through there because it had kind of, <laughs> it had seen some better days. So, um, 
So we kind of went all in and uh, rolled up our sleeves and moved the cobwebs and brought a little life back to it. And then it just so happens it was perfect timing because the town of Easton had just kind of um, got some grant money to kind of uh, revitalize the downtown and kind of revamp the sidewalk space. And it just was perfect timing with us opening our doors uh, seven years ago in 2013. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you how long yeah. ago that was. I, I didn't know. realize I didn't realize Doug King owned that. Um, mm-hmm. That used to be called Charlie's, I think, a long time ago, right? Yeah. Seventies, eighties. That was the place to go for breakfast. Nickelodeon, where um, where um, Chino and the Mexican restaurant is over yep. on One Thirty Eight. That used to be the Nickelodeon Donut Shop. Oh, um, I haven't heard that. Yeah, yeah. They used to have a funny mirror that you would walk when you would walk in. It was like one of those uh, funhouse mirrors, so you'd have mm-hmm. all different shapes when you walked in. Um, I always looked wider when I walked out. Oh, um, keep me out of that one. The, <laughs> um, yeah, the donut, the donut. So, um, so you you guys built the restaurant out. How how big is it? How many people can you see? You know, we're a tiny spot. We seat just about um, fifty creatively. Um, mm-hmm. I've got like six and a half seats at my bar. I say six and a half because on some days we can squeeze an extra seat in there and some days we can't. (laughs) Um, So we are an intimate, cozy little restaurant establishment. (laughs) Yeah. So you have more people outside on the sidewalk waiting to get a seat than you have actual seats on any given day because I see the lineup when I drive by. Uh, especially mm-hmm. on the weekends. I mean, you're you're a hot spot. I mean, everybody wants to get a seat to to eat over there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. So it, it, well, it is. I I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, it's it's it is amazing. Um, you mentioned Langwater, and mm-hmm. I think that's important because that the, the they they've just exploded with you know all of the the work that they've done to to put amazing food out uh, and produce. But you're 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 using you know local sourced meats, local sourced produce, local sourced everything. You know this is this is good quality stuff. It is. We are what I like to call us a true farm to table restaurant. That is not marketing, not gimmick. We we really put our best foot forward. And if we can't supply something, one because of cost or sourcing availability, um, we kind of have a full disclosure on that. I think that term kind of got very trendy and easy to slap on your menu and say, this is local, but um, we live in new England. So certainly produce is only available certain months of the year, but um, you'd be surprised how long that actually stretches. There's actually only really a few months that kind of is a little of a quieter time for locally sourced produce. Um, And then all of our other, you know, proteins, meats, coffee, um, our liquor products, we really go from A to Z on that in terms of trying to locally source that and share that with our guests. And Langwater is literally a mile away. It is. There are people, <laughs> there are neighbors. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's the coolest part about, uh, you know, you using, and you talk about that farm to table, the farms literally right down the street. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Potato farming in Maine is a mm-hmm. great, there's a great vodka, potato vodka. I got to remember the name of oh, it. Cold River. Yes, Cold River. Yep. I got a blueberry yep. flavor. Yeah. I'm not a flavored oh, vodka person, but that's fantastic stuff. It's because it's real blueberries. That's why you like it. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Most of those, you know, flavored vodkas are great, but they're far from the product that's actually the flavor. I, I, the didn't, I didn't know that. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk through this COVID because, you know, probably uh, I'm trying to think of when the last time, and I've said in a couple of podcasts in the past, one of the most amazing things, I travel about 180 days a year as a rule, not anymore. Um, but 
but typically I come home late at night on my flights and I go out of my way to drive down main street mm-hmm. um, because it is just so beautiful. It is amazing, especially during the holidays where you guys yeah. put all the lights up and everything. And I can remember, you know, probably February sometime, you know, you guys were still cranking. You're still, you know, you were still business as usual, putting, you know, putting lots of plates out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, COVID hits, you know, how did that start to impact and what were you seeing and what were you feeling uh, when all that started to, started to roll out and happen? It's a great question. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad you touched on, we actually had our best January, February year to date. Um, we were coming out really strong and just very excited for 2020. Um, we're about to embark on a lot of new beginnings. We're rolling out our second location this year. So we were kind of guns blazing in the, in the restaurant business, which was nice. And then it uh, quickly came to a halt. <laughs> um, no, pun, no pun intended there, just stopped. Um, so, you know, we really went from a thriving business, like a, a lot of our other neighbors and local places and restaurants all over the state to overnight just not being able to even open our doors, which was a scary experience on a lot of levels. Um, you know, the weeks, first weeks of COVID, you know, we instantly kind of went into what I would say just came naturally and organic. It's just, you know, how can we help? What can we do? Um, you know, school closures. I immediately tried to do some promotions with kids who were relying on, um, you know, mm-hmm. school meals. So really in the matter of, you know, I, I mean, three to four days, I went from donating food to asking for closing my doors and asking for donations and, and people to support my business. So it was, um, it still is a kind of a, a mind game right now. It's kind of a whirlwind. Yeah. I, you know what, you, you just said that. And I, I just remember that the, um, you were the first restaurant that I saw anyway, that immediately thought of the, the, the kids that don't get the, the kids that count on school meals to actually mm-hmm. get, get their meals in the day. Um, and offering for them to come down and, and get a, a free meal. And uh, that was that was definitely um, pretty cool. And, you know, as you say, kind of everything just was so fluid. It just all happened like one thing after the other, after the other. Uh, you know, there were a lot of restaurants and there are a lot of restaurants that um, regardless of how you take this or how you feel about the, the disease or what side of what, there's a, there's a, there's a responsibility to, to do all of the, actions if you will to you know be safe provide you know the food if you can and do the things that you that that are at as best as possible um and be thoughtful and considerate neil's a great example i mean the guy's going in with like bio suits every day to give us you know make sure that everybody's safe and masks and you know no you know they walk out with the food on the table and you can't get out of your car until they do and every time they're wiping the table down you attempted to do that, right? You attempted to do a kind of a contactless curbside pickup for a little bit. We did. Um, you know, it was kind of reset, rethink things literally mm-hmm. in overnight, how we can kind of adapt the business. Um, so we tried in with all of our best efforts, um, you know, certainly now trying to put out as much as we could in, on social media as to do's don'ts try this um and maybe it was just too soon and maybe there was too many moving parts and I think it was new you know putting myself in the consumer and guest point of view I mean it's confusing you still you're used to a certain way and there's just things you do so um even if you're trying to I think go into that with all the right things and be safe and be conscious 
it's like you're there's a disconnect with your brain because mm-hmm. you go to a place and you go to the front door and you <laughs> push the door handle and you open the door and you go in a place right that's right. what we're on autopilot to do um so you know it, it was tough um to try to try to work with that and create a safe environment run your business mm-hmm. all in a very short amount of time right. and just you know we just felt that we weren't operating safe and then i you know there really was a moral side to it too because I'm worrying about my guests coming into my business. I'm worrying about my staff. Um, I'm worrying about myself bringing it home to my family. Um, so there was just really a lot of moving parts there. It was not an easy decision. Um, you know, in hindsight, I think we made the right call at the time, and I still stand by my decision um, at this time to shut the doors. Yeah, you know what? I I I agree with you. I think that uh, that first of all, I, th- I can't imagine the magnitude of that decision had to be on you and still probably is. Um, but the difference with you and most other establishments is a lot of your, a lot of your uh, patrons walk, right? They're sure. walking and, and they're, and parking, they're, they're parking all over the place. So it's not a, uh, it's not a, a seamless, like, Hey, pull up and throw the bag in the window. It's exactly, you know, it's, it's, it, and you've become a place of congregating. I mean, you got benches outside and it's, it's beautiful. And the old Northeastern grammar is across the street. People sit out on the grass. Um, so definitely. Um, it's, our spirit. it's our spirit really, you know, that congregation and community feel it's kind of like a big part of what we do. So, um, you know, it's scary to think like, will that, exist in some form still and how can we hold on to that yeah well yeah let's 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 transition a little bit because let's let's talk about that would you say you're 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 uh, you six and a half seats in your uh inside bar and you've got about 50 people that you can see it i think i've got a picture here i'll put up uh once i can find it where did i put it um you're so this whole thing of the reopening with um you know, social distancing and probably some new requirements. Um, this is the inside of your restaurant. Yeah. Right. Okay. I want to make sure I had the right. That's, almost, sure. that's almost the whole thing. You can yeah. fit it almost in one shot. <laughs> courtesy, of, courtesy of Yelp. I think I got this one from okay. Monica Hurley Lawson, who's become a friend over the last oh, week. Yeah, I think no, she, Monica. That, that was her other picture. Yeah. She's a phenomenal human. She, her, she, I actually got an order for a shirt uh, a couple weeks ago and, uh, and I, I delivered it. They live right down the street from, from you guys, from the restaurant. And uh, so I pulled up and my license plate is be awesome on my truck. And I make all the deliveries in Easton. And as uh, so I pull up and she's out in the front yard and end up having a little conversation with her. And she thought it was just the coolest thing. And I had to be awesome license plate. So she had to take a picture of it. And uh, she takes a ton of great pictures in town. She so, really does. She's yeah. done a few for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's very positive. She's doing a lot of positive stuff on social media. So I really appreciate everything you're doing there, Monica. But, uh, you know, let's, let's think about this. I mean, you're probably putting a ton of thought into this because I look at this right here and we talk. Day about and this. night, all day and all night. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, emailing myself every brainstorm I can come up with in the middle of the night. Like what, what, what is a social distant what is a six foot rule minimum social distance? What does that take out of that restaurant for you? So, I mean, the six foot thing, we basically have nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you spin it on the 25% capacity, that term that's kind of been floated out there, um, I guess that looks slightly better. That would leave us with about 12 and a half seats just based on numbers. Um, so I've been trying to focus on that one because the six feet distance, yeah, I mean, we'd be looking at about 
you know, two and a half people. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, you know, technically I think we can maybe get, we'd get just about one seat at our bar. I mean, it's just just not that big. So, um, so, you know, the reality of it is scary. I don't think there's necessarily a right answer in this, um, you know, because we have an obligation to keep people safe and I don't think anybody wants to open our doors and then have to close them again. At least that's right. where my head's at right now. I'd rather just at this point, <laughs> the band-aid has been ripped off. We've, we're in it. Um, yep. I'd rather ride, it, ride the course at this point until we get to what we consider a safe level to be able to open businesses and operate. And hopefully restaurants are part of that at some point. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned a second restaurant before I forget mm-hmm. what, what's the, what, where was that? And what's the, what's the backstory there? I didn't, I didn't, so I didn't know about it. We are staying very positive and optimistic about that right now. We are mm-hmm. supposed to, we are launching on construction hopefully in just a couple of weeks provided our um, permits get approved. It's going to be in Sudbury mass. Um, so, you know, as we talk about the space currently in Easton, we've literally outgrown that space. I mean, we just literally, can't do anymore which is such an amazing challenge to have for a business owner it's above and beyond anything I expected um so we had started the search now for the past few years to kind of look for other locations and and found a great spot and opportunity in Sudbury um and we are scheduled to open our doors late late summer early fall as of right now we're only a few weeks behind due to COVID on that process so we are staying hopeful that this will continue on and, and that project will see it through. But the reality is, is um, the restaurant and hospitality world is, is going to be changed. Um, some things probably forever and some things maybe just in the immediate. So when we talk about space and six feet and 25, I'm focusing obviously that on my current location in Easton, right. but now I'm trying to forecast ahead and possibly, you know, revamp and rethink my concept um, because our biggest thing was we need more seats, right? That's mm-hmm. our, that that was our goal. Um, yeah. You know, it had to really check off one box, um, yeah. and a larger space was really what was driving it. So now we have this larger space, not much larger, but you know we can seat double. Um, mm-hmm. Our Eastern locations in a you know beautiful historic building, but we're it comes with a lot of weird angles and choppy and <laughs> split up on two levels. And um, it, it's still seven years in floors me every day, what myself and my team do to put those plates out because it's uh, we quite literally do laps just, yeah. to, just to get one thing done. So, you, you know, you can't get A to B, so you have to go to D, E and F to get yeah. back there. <laughs> wow. um, so, you know, we are, we are hopeful that's going to continue on and it's going to be, you know, de- expanding and developing our brand and be all the things we want, but it may, uh, it may be a slightly different concept. Um, you know, certainly we're looking at, you know, takeout and delivery in a, in a different light. And luckily we have more space to play with, but I mean, those, it significantly changes our projections when you start putting a 25% capacity and six feet away, even right. in a larger space. Yeah. That's going to be called farmer's daughter too. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be exactly not the number two, it's just the farmer's daughter. The farmer's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's great. Great and stressful um, all at the same time. Um, Timing's never, timing's never right for, for most people and most things. And it's the ones that make it work that are the, you know, the ones that you just sit there and go, wow, you think about, you know, you think back and this will hopefully be something that you look back on and go, Remember that time when we thought the world was coming to an end and we weren't going to make it and we did mm-hmm. and, and here we are better and bigger and, 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 
and we're ready for the next challenge. Hopefully not as, as, as bad as, as COVID is. Um, True. I mean, I always try to look, you know, really, it's a learning experience. So right? this is tough times, but there are some things we've learned and we've had time to reevaluate our business and I have time to reevaluate this new business. So, um, you know, even though it feels bad and it feels negative, I think there are some good things that can come out of this for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I certainly know I've always had an appreciation and value in my team. Um, that's been my first and foremost. And I, I think I kind of got derailed on that question before when we closed the doors. I mean, that was my number one concern. I knew if I closed, our guests would probably most likely come back and support mm-hmm. us in the community. We embrace us. My sole focus was how can I pr- protect my employees and my, and my team. I mean, that really was what was keeping me up at night more than anything. How, m- how many employees work in, in, uh, East we East? have currently right now, just, um, just about 40 employees. Um, I think our highest time we've run to like, um, 55. Um, but you know, it's a lot of bodies for such a little space. It seems crazy that we have that many people on staff. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Neil at McGuire's is 44. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, so. Typically that's about, you know, the size for a restaurant much larger than ours, but, um, because we do so much volume, we need, we need every one of them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, uh, so I saw that you were doing, you did a, uh, a mother's day, mm-hmm curbside pickup, which looked like it was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, you had the tables outside and it looked like, you know, quite the, quite, quite the, the, the movement of getting people in and out and getting them their mother's day meals. Uh, and I think I just saw you were doing something else coming up, uh, and offering, what did I see that right? Are you doing get yeah. something else happening? Yeah. What's, so we are, um, mother's day was kind of like a, a nice little like revisit to our happy place. Cause we got to open our doors for one day. Um, it would have been hard for me, I think, in this process. Mother's Day is our biggest day of the year, so like to have Farmer's Daughter closed for that would have been a, a lot for me to swallow on that. So we kind of embraced it and said, you know, the takeout um, portion just didn't necessarily work with our format long term right now, given our the constraints. But for one day service, we were able to kind of, um, I actually think we put more time and thought and planning into the outside curbside pickup mm-hmm. um, and protecting people's safety than, you know, the food part's easy for us, right? Um, right? But that being said, it was a lot of people and a lot of time. I was the first time I will say I was nervous going into Mother's Day service, and I was. Um, and we were pleasantly surprised it was very well executed. All my fears were put at ease. It ran better than expected. Um, you know, you always have a few hiccups, but nothing nothing that affected it from the pickup side on the, on the guest side. So mm-hmm. we kind of, uh, it was a weird feeling last week. We vamped up. It was like days. I got my team back in the building and we got to like focus our energy on what we love doing. Mm-hmm. And then Monday was a real, like, it was hard to, hard day to swallow because it was like going, 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 and then back to stop. <laughs> Yeah. So um, we got with my management team and we said, you know, let's test the waters because we've been, you know, brainstorming lots of ideas for when we reopen. But we said, you know, maybe we can pull off something like this because I think, um, you know, we're going to try to just basically offer a weekend brunch starting next weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar package to what we did, um, you know, pre-packaged breakfast for either individual or um, feeds a family of four. So you can kind of choose what fits your needs best. Mm-hmm. Some of our basic favorites. So, um, you know, our loyal guests will be excited or there will be a chicken and waffles appearance, which is pretty much our um, our bread and butter and our crowd favorite. So mm-hmm. we've kind of broken that dish down. But that being said, we can't serve it the way that we serve it in the restaurant. Um, you know, 
my food really, and I've said this from day one, I didn't even want to offer takeout when I first opened the door. So um, that's been something that I have to really look at and evaluate because, um, you know, food doesn't carry as well when you take it out. And, you know, what we do is better suited for the plate that we've plated for you and put in front of you in our restaurants, just mm -hmm. how it is. So um, we've kind of picked some things that we think we can modify and we'll, we'll hold up as best as they can for takeout and then you can bring them home and still enjoy them. So we'll be rolling that out. We started sales yesterday, mm -hmm. um, which in just a few minutes of posting, we already had several orders. So that was definitely uh, gave us some warm and fuzzy feelings that this will hopefully be embraced and financially make sense for us to continue. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep chicken and waffles. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love, right? Yeah, how can you go wrong with chicken and waffles? Right. Um, well, and that's great. And and how many, you know, how many chicken and waffles can you make for a Sunday brunch? Jesus? Yeah, I mean, typically we serve, you know, a uh, hundred plus, you know, on a average Sunday anyway. So, yeah. you know, we're uh, we're up to the challenge. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, I'm yeah. hoping I don't have to say no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know something, I think that... Um, what's interesting is one of those things that we, we, um, we appreciate more uh, when we don't have something right. And you're, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. There's, there's, there's something to be said about a, a restaurant that's designed to have food on a plate and then a restaurant that's designed to have food in a box and the packaging right. of it and the, and, and just the presentation of it, the pride uh, that you have of every plate being perfect and set up and you're just putting it in a box and pushing it out to someone and saying, hope you, Hope you put it together the way that I do, right? Um, and heat it and do whatever you got to do with it. I, 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 that's a that's a uh, that's a tough one. Um, but then I mean, just the packaging alone—that's been a decision. So like, we switched to we've been working towards getting all of our paper products to compostable and biodegradable products because it's unfortunately it costs a lot more than the other alternatives. Yeah. Um, and this year we finally just switched over everything because we've been mm -hmm. using it in bits and pieces. Um, and now, you know, now that we're, if we're switching to a more takeout focus, I mean, we're not even sure if we can incur that cost and we're trying to do something better for the environment. So, um, you know, it's examples like that where it's like, we really have to rethink our concept and what we're doing because of the constraints put on us right now. Yeah, you're, uh, you're taking a page out of my playbook. This, this yeah. whole COVID um, has, it has had me thinking so much on so many different levels. Uh, my company, we didn't even get to talk about what Be Awesome does a whole lot when we kind of did this, but I'm, I'm a professional speaker, so semi-professional public speaker, keynote speaker. So that's where my bread and butter lies. Um, the t-shirts that I've been selling for two years, uh, I don't know if you listen to the episode with Santa Claus, but I'm, I went and met Santa, the only guy legally named Santa Claus in North Pole, Alaska <laughs> I love uh, it. when I launched Be Awesome. And he advocates for homeless and foster children around the country. So the, the shirts I was selling as a uh, kind of as a hobby and something to give back to programs that support homeless and foster uh, children. And um, so I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I just wanted to sell them, put some money in, in and figure out what to do. And so the the fabric, I've trademarked the logo. I've got to have the online shirts. And, you know, I, I just, I just said, I want a good fabric. Didn't think too much of it. And they're made in, uh, I think Costa Rica and Honduras is where the shirts are made. And then they're screened here in the United States. And then I was using high, high oil based shipping materials and uh, this whole COVID thing, I'm sitting here going, all right, we've got all these Americans unemployed. If I can employ one more American to manufacture the shirt from start to finish, then I'm going to do that. 
Um, and then we talk, then you start seeing these ma heat maps of the carbon dioxide emissions going down and the, and the, and the basically mm -hmm. mother earth regrowing and, and basically regenerating and starting to get healthy again, because those planes aren't flying 16,000 planes are grounded. People aren't driving. Um, so we're moving actually, uh, June 21st is the deadline of, of switching a hundred percent. We're using 100% recyclable 100 or 100% compostable depending on the material a shipping bag is got to be made out of plastic so it's 100 percent recycled which there's there's only one or two companies in the world that that actually can do that they that, wow. that they can do that so first one's actually going out to uh, mike bremer who did a rating and review for me so he's going to go down in history as the first 100 percent recycled material but educating people on the importance of that we're always looking for the best deal we're always looking for the best price or whatever and we don't think about the damage that it actually does long term and so when i'm sitting here going man we come out of this whole thing we want the, the earth to be a better place not go back to what we were doing to it so hats off to you because it is it's it's people don't understand the difference in price of a, a, a shipping bag I'll give a relation shipping bags about the standard you know non-recyclable one that's going to go in a landfill forever costs about three cents Right. Uh, a shipping bag that's 100% recyclable and used with 100% recycled materials is 27 cents. So you're talking about 10x, 10x your cost. Um, and then you're, you know, to have an American-made T-shirt opposed to a, a Central American-made uh -huh. T-shirt, it's significantly more. And you don't want to pass the cost on to the consumer, but right. you got to figure out how you do it that it makes sense for everybody. Because um, as the great Tony Robbins once said, without uh, without your margin, you can't complete your mission. So, <laughs> well put. <laughs> well put. <laughs> yeah. So, so what else are you thinking about? I mean, are you you get some outside dining options, don't you? You get a few seats, tables outside. Are you able to? We do. Your... We seat about twenty normally out there, um, mm -hmm. which will certainly be put to uh, full use if we can kind of reopen in some capacity here and start mm -hmm. serving food again in house. Um, but we are, we are actively looking at all of the outdoor space in our area and our neighbor's areas. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I've got quite a few projects in the pipelines now. So, um, you know, I hope we can talk more about them in the future. Yeah. I'm asking a lot of favors right now. So yeah. um, we'll see what comes in. But when I say we are getting creative, I, we are getting creative. So yeah. <laughs> you, could, uh, you could see Farmer's Daughter service down, down the street somewhere near Main Street, but maybe not necessarily <laughs> Out our doors right now that'd be um, i mean uh, that'd be whatever you do i'm sure it's going to be uh amazing and and uh, creative and innovative based on the, the scenario and situation i'm hopeful that this uh i'm hopeful that this starts to lift and gets gets uh, eases up a little bit i'm you know trying to follow the curves and the the discussions and it's still very vague i can't imagine what it's like to be on you know on my job i stay home every day i do this and i i uh i do I do a day job as well for a software company. So I'm, I'm able to stay in and, and uh, mm -hmm. have worry, but worry less about the, the rollout other than the fact that I, I don't get to travel anywhere uh, and talk to people directly. So I've gotten used to, to zooms with light rings and backgrounds of people's spaces. So, right. um, so you're going to do the, you're going to do the brunch uh, chicken and waffles, see how it rolls, see what's going f forward. 
staying in contact with everybody. Uh, anything else? How can people get a hold of you? How can people order first and foremost if they want to get the chicken yeah. and waffles? So right online, we're doing um, all pre-orders. Our online website actually is pretty user-friendly. So um, even if you're challenged with those things, we've, we will talk you through it if you need it. But there's a tab right on our, uh, on our home screen of our website. Um, and they can click on that and just check out all our brunch offerings. And then we've got a lot of great add-ons. Um, you know, uh, Hell has literally frozen over because we can actually serve you beer and wine to go in Massachusetts. Which I, prior in the beginning weeks of COVID, I said that will never happen in the state of Massachusetts, and ate my words on that. So, um, so I mean, we've got some a little bit more creative options to choose from. So, anything that we have available um, in the restaurant in terms of our retail products, we've got those out. We've, you know, people have been really great picking up farmer's daughter swag and gear and coffee mugs. Um, we're selling our coffee. So you can get a mimosa bucket of bubbles and all the fixings to go with it and attack it on to your chicken and waffles and French toast order if you'd like. Oh, that is really cool. Mm -hmm. And you get DoorDash deliveries within 25 miles. You've got, um, Looks like pickup. Do you, do you, are you guys doing the delivery too? No, we tried the delivery. So here's the thing. So um, DoorDash is temporarily pa paused just because we stopped the regular takeout. Um, mm -hmm. The reality is too, which I'm sure I think people are getting slightly more educated about these, but um, you know, the fees for third party deliveries, it's, it's great and it's a convenience, yeah. but um, you know, there are already small margins. So right now during COVID, it doesn't make sense to use that platform. Uh, we may right. bring it back in the near future, but it just, um, there's just not enough left over after we're kind of just doing it for free almost and putting it out the door. So we've paused that temporarily. We did try um, in-house delivery, which mm -hmm. I'm still open to discussing that, but you know, the reality is, um, is we're not set up to be a delivery restaurant. Um, if, if that's our only option moving forward, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to put our best effort in and try our best to execute that. But um, it is, it's certainly a, a challenge. Yeah. I will say that <laughs> um, just managing people's expectations, the travel time. I mean, um, I, it's great. Our POS, our, our sales system has an option for that. So we were able to quickly add that in um, the week and a half that we did would take out. So uh, mm -hmm. you may see that again. Um, but, and small things like that. I mean, we're trying to keep the website as current as we can, but uh, even trying to manipulate our technology to work with what we're doing, um, it costs a lot to change that button on the screen. So right now, you know, I haven't even been able to update that because we just can't incur the, the yep. costs for the software programming on the, on the backside of the web development. So, um, you know, that's just one tiny little example of how we're yep. kind of stuck. We're doing, doing the best we can given the measures we have. So, so you want to go to the farmer's daughter Easton.com. That's where mm -hmm. you want to find this. It's the farmer's daughter Easton.com. And then on the top, it says TFD pickup delivery. Click on that. You put your day and time that you want to pick it up, which is this weekend. And then you can pick and choose anything on the list here looks like and you can even get a sweatshirt coffee mug yeah. oh yeah look at that you got booze everything yes yeah. yeah, fantastic <laughs> that's not that's not a joke you can even get a bud light bottle that's perfect right. well that's that's fantastic uh and that starts next weekend not to correct you guys so yeah. we're rolling that out yeah. the 23rd the 24th no just... 20 23rd and 24th that's right i'm sorry i'm I'm, I'm getting myself excited on time for getting closer to when this thing's all over. But yeah, <laughs> so you got a, you've got a week to order and you need to give 48 hours notice, right? That's I'm right. Catching up yep. on all this uh, as I'm going through the order process. Um, 
manually live and uh, showing how easy it is because I'm a technological idiot. Um, so it is just that easy. You're not alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, listen, really appreciate everything you've done for the community the last seven years, what you, your, your hard work and your, your tireless efforts with you and your team. Uh, beautifying Main Street, making it, uh, it was in a lifetime movie, right? Was it? Had, it was, yeah. We had our, our claim to fame. We've had a couple commercials shot there and, uh, yep, and a nice solid, like, B-horror film on Lifetime, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we need, you need, I mean, if we get a Hallmark, Christmas Hallmark movie, we've made it. That's we've like, made it big time. That's like, that's like the, the American dream right, right there is making a Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movie. Um <laughs> Spoiler alert, the guy leaves and then he comes back and he's, he falls in love in the restaurant and everybody's happy and they happily <laughs> ever after. We got rid of cable, so I have to talk through the Christmas Hallmark movies. Oh. Um, but really appreciate everything you and your team are doing and the fact that, you, that you've, you've had to make some really big, dif big and difficult decisions, but to benefit you know, your team, the community, uh, and everyone overall for, for safety purposes and everything else. And Really excited that you're doing these these uh, these brunches. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have to give myself a chicken and waffles here uh, order before I'm before I'm done. So, um, oh, keep yeah. up keep up the great work. Hope to have you on for that episode when you open up Sudbury, and uh, hopefully everything gets back to some form of uh, original game plan. Well, we certainly look forward to that, and I look forward to checking this out. Thank you for your time, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Going to do our best. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode of the Be Awesome podcast. This is a great one. Uh, making tough decisions and keeping things going is something that uh, our, our community and any community USA people are doing it every day, uh, making those tough decisions, but trying to keep a smile on their face. Um, if you're a local community member or if you're just anybody uh, that wants to come on the podcast, tell your story, share some words. Uh, vent, do whatever. Uh, as long as we get some, uh, not doesn't always need to be hope and optimism. This does suck. We got to remember that. Uh, but some idea of how how to get through this. Uh, definitely get a hold of me, Josh at beawesome.com. That's Josh at beawesome. B e a u s m. Getting some great ratings and reviews, helping the podcast platform grow. Remember, if you do one. Uh, like Mike Bremer did, uh, I send you a free t-shirt and it's going to come in a hundred percent recyclable, uh, material shipping container. So you don't need to worry about hurting the environment. So go onto the Apple podcast platform, put in a rating and review, get a free t-shirt or you can buy one or you can buy a face covering. I got those on the website. I now sell t-shirts and face coverings. That's my big claim to fame. So got to, got to, got to retool and readjust. And, uh, we're going to be going to all 100% American made t-shirts effective June 21st, which we're excited about. So follow us on social media, do everything that you guys keep on doing today. Have a great day that ends in Y and remember to, to do awesome. You got to be awesome. Have a great day.